to another episode of Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. I'm your host, Amanda Starling, here to talk all things indie rock and independent feminist thinking. This week features Bakai, a DC-based band that really takes the best of so many genres, and they often get booked on mixed genre shows for it. A lot of hardcore, but that's what DC is known for. Everybody in this band is super sweet and had a lot of really great stories to share about their songwriting process and the DC scene. So let's dig into it now and chat with Bacchae. tragedy by Euripides um, about uh, Dionysus who comes to a city, Thebes, uh, where the king um, doesn't believe in him or the gods. And so it's, it's about Dionysus's attempt to get this king to respect him. But the Bacchae in the play are Dionysus's followers who... Um, basically um, uh, retreat to the woods and have orgies and drink wine and party, and they're all women. Um, and it's, it's like a great time. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds great. Well, and that's the thing. It's like, it sounds like really cool and I think empowering. I think ultimately the play is really sexist because it's, it's like these women like go crazy and they like rip the head off of like the king and um, are ultimately like really violent. But then there are all these other themes like like um, playing with gender and like cross dressing and um, and like 
I don't know, the women sort of being on their own. And so we, I guess we sort of, when we were thinking about it, we wanted to, to take this like play that's like really sexist in the end and, and reclaim it as like something that can be feminist and empowering and, um, and more of something that like we want to embody in our lives. No, that sounds badass. I mean, that's exactly just based off of the description. I'm sure even reading the play, I would probably be like, I like these people. I think I want to hang out with them. And then, <laughs> yes. they're, if they're taking out a king, they're probably smashing the patriarchy. That sounds kind of great to me. Right. right. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> so how long have like each of you been involved in music or like what were some of the first instruments that you got to pick up and play? Um, I guess I've been playing, I'm Katie, I'm the lead singer, um, uh, and I play keyboards, and I've been playing piano since I was about eight years old. Um, I taught myself how to play guitar when I was 13, um, and then, like, went back to keys. And I'm Rena. I'm the bass player. I uh, played cello as a child and also viola. Um, I didn't start playing bass until about a year and a half ago. Uh, my um, partner bought me a bass for a gift, and then I like, started playing, and uh, now I'm in this band, and it's really awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, and one of the first one of the first things you did with it was play in Hat Band, right? Oh, right, yeah. So um, Andrew and I actually met through Hat Band DC. It's this uh, one-off show that a bunch of strangers just get randomly assigned to be in bands together and play one show. And it can be all um, musical levels. Like, you don't have to be, like, super, like, in tune with the instrument that you're going to play. And uh, we did a band together. And then um, I joined Bacchae after that. That's awesome. What a cool way to connect, too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm Eileen. I play drums. I started playing music uh, in in elementary school. I I learned the saxophone in band. And then at some point, yeah, at some point I switched to bassoon, uh, which I played all the way through college. And I continue to play a little bit here and there. Um, and the bassoon rocks. It's my favorite <laughs> instrument in the world. But <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's a very good bassoon. <laughs> <laughs> but then I picked up drums about two years ago, just for fun. Man, that's awesome. Um, yeah, hi, I'm Andrew, the the guitarist, and um, I've. I, I had like kind of a classic uh, like childhood piano lessons and I just like hated it because I just didn't <laughs> want to be going to lessons. Like I really regret it now. I wish I knew how to play piano. Um, but then I, I, I played trumpet in middle school, which I had to quit because in high school it would have required me to be in the marching band, which I didn't <laughs> want to go to all the football games. <laughs> and then um, and then I just started playing guitar around like 15 or 16. And I've just been like going back and forth with periods of like playing a lot and then like not playing at all for a couple of years. Uh, but then the last few years I've been playing a lot more. That's awesome. It's really exciting to kind of hear how everybody gets their feet wet as far as great like playing music and getting to know your instruments and then the progression of course into a band and so on um everybody kind of has their sort of band that first kind of inspires them to start writing music or even as they write their music now who are you listening to and who kind of uh motivated you to play music Well, I can say the the band that I'm listening to now that I I feel like is kind of a trite answer at this point because everyone feels this way, but I also feel like it's worth saying just because this band is so amazing is Downtown Boys. 
Yes. Uh, Diamond Boys is like the best band I've ever seen live, hands down, and probably will ever see in my whole life. The energy, the politics, the <laughs> lyrics, the the bringing people up on stage, and I don't know. I've I've never felt more a part of a community through music than I did through through seeing Downtown Boys. That's powerful. It's kind of cool because it's I can hear little bits of you know your voices kind of coming out. It feels like personally in your music in that sense as well. So when you're motivated by a band like Downtown Boys, it's going to show in the best way possible. So that's exciting. I still haven't seen them yet, but I've been wanting to just because I'm down here in Florida. So. Um, I don't think they've made their way down here yet, but fingers crossed. I'm, I've seen videos and they're on a must-see list for me. Yeah, yeah they're great. Mm-hmm. Well, um, awesome. No, sorry. I, uh, I, I, my first band thing that I was involved in, I was in a Pixies cover band in high school when I was <laughs> oh, no first learning to play guitar. Yeah, <laughs> and that was like my friends and I's thing, and like we played at the talent show, and like nobody else in the school listened to Pixies, and so like nobody had any idea what we were playing, but it was pretty great. <laughs> so that was definitely an inspiring band for me. That's so cool. Like, yeah. not too many people will like mention bands like the Pixies, at least not as many that I've talked to. So I like hearing that that was somebody who kind of help kind of shake you musically as well. That's so cool. Anybody else got bands to mention? <laughs> um, I, I also, I've always been a big Pixies fan. Um, I've also really been into like a lot of uh, like psychedelic rock from like the 60s and 70s, like the Kinks. Um, I don't know. I, lately I've been actually, very recently, I've been listening to a lot of Charlie XCX and Grimes. So a lot of like self-made, like female um pop musicians that's neat um and i don't know i guess uh i don't know i've been like on a charlie xcx kick uh for weeks now and like i found out that she like started writing music when she was like 14 and was performing at raves and stuff and like her parents would have to take her um and you know it's just kind of like guilty pleasure feel good music but like i i draw a lot of inspiration from that in songwriting too Pop's awesome because it's like, you know, in that sense, you're able to kind of feel very empowered listening to it as well as, you know, you can learn a lot from the performers and what they put out there. So I I totally get that. That's awesome. Rena, you got one? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like back in the day, like my introduction to like punk music basically was like through ska. I really love ska. (laughs) And I would, like, go to see, like, punk and ska shows, like, every weekend. There was a uh, video in Gaithersburg, where I'm from, in every county in Gaithersburg, represent it. Yeah, Andrew's from Gaithersburg, too. Uh, but there was a venue called The Corner Kick, and there would just be, like, all these bands that I'm now, like, friends with people that are in it. But, like, back in the day, I just, like, looked up to them, and I'm like, oh, it's so cool. You're in a band. Like, I can't believe it. Like, how are you playing this music? It sounds great. So, like, the Max Levine Ensemble, uh, the Ratchet Boys. Old Cuts, Alphabet, Bombers, like, bands like that um, were some of the bands I was seeing, like, all the time, and I just love the energy, and I guess now I've kind of shifted a little bit. I still love, like, pop punk and ska and stuff, but um, I, like, moved more into, like, punk and hardcore, and, like, uh, that's where I am right now, I guess, and I mean, with, like, punk bands, like, I really love Inaco, and yes. I loved your interview with Mars that you oh, did. Oh, thank you. That was incredible. <laughs> It was so fun. I love talking to Mars. And the, Inaco is such an incredibly talented band. I just, I love everything that they do and that they put into their music and such. So 
definitely one of those bands you can get like motivated and inspired to create some stuff off of just because you feel you feel stronger listening to that kind of music and it's important stuff absolutely yes so one of the things I wanted to ask you about is, you know, songwriting and the process that you all do for that, um, especially with Down the Drain. That's an incredible, incredible work of music and such. Can you talk about how you wrote that and put it together? Um, sure. Um, thank you, first of all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess uh, Andrew wrote the melody for it. Or like and, the instrumental part. Yeah. yeah. And I wrote the lyrics for it. Like, it was one of the songs where... Sometimes, like, he'll write a melody first, and I'll just put lyrics over top of it. I'll just listen to it and try to figure out, like, what the song's saying to me um, and put lyrics on top of it. And sometimes, like, I'll come up with a melody and write lyrics, but that was one where, yeah, like, Andrew. Yeah, like, just, I, I mean, I feel like this happens sometimes. Like, I just kind of come up with, like, a guitar part, and, like, that's, like, the loose basic structure that we start with, and then it, like, ends up getting worked around and changed a lot like as we play it together and then like Katie coming up with the vocal melody and the lyrics all that like totally alters the song and you know makes it something new. Yeah I think there were a few iterations of the song Down the Drain that we went through in the past few months or so and the first time I played it live was in March but we had been working on it and changing things about it like a few months before that. Yeah good amount of time. Yeah it's just it's Gorgeous. I really appreciate, you know, a lot of the, I would say just like the guitar, the drums, everything just like really sticks out to me. I can feel like not only the emotional tugging in, you know, Katie's voice, but in every instrument in that song too. It feels very deep in that sense. It's just so cool. I love it whenever I can catch on to a song like that. And I'm like, this is something that I'm going to be obsessed with for a while. Um, and that's some heavy kind of content you have in that song too. Um, can you talk a little bit about the lyrics, Katie? Um, I guess, well, I guess the song's just about feeling depressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can feel that, like, very thoroughly, and, like, it's just, I feel like you can really get the most pure understanding of what that feeling is, if that, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, it's just, it's about waking up and feeling terrible. <laughs> um... Yeah, I'm trying to, like, get away from that, like, in songwriting, because I feel like I write so many songs that are, like, about really bitter emotions, um, but, like, that's a useful way to deal with terrible emotions, and I hope that, you know, when people listen to them, it doesn't make them feel worse, but it makes them feel, like, better, because it's cathartic. Yeah, I totally actually got that impression, because I feel like a lot of people do struggle with depression, and it was more so in the sense of, like, when I was listening to it, it felt as if somebody understood those feelings a little bit more clearly and was able to give them like a better descriptor. So I like music where you can kind of process your feelings, whether it be through the music itself or the lyrics. So it felt definitely more like I was understanding that feeling more than anything. So mission accomplished, I think on your part. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's it's funny. We're at a, we're at a stage where we like haven't gotten that much feedback like on songs on a regular basis but I think down the drain like we've heard from a few people that like the you know the emotionalness you know issues of it really spoke to them and stuff like that yeah which is cool I got a friend that said that at this point in their life that they really needed to hear that song so that (laughs) was um it was incredible to have that like soothing nature of the song come through to them in some way 
Yeah, that's so cool because I love it whenever you can, first of all, kind of hear and discuss that kind of stuff because there's a lot that musicians put into writing songs and producing them and getting them out there and stuff. So I'm always a big fan of dissecting it and like understanding what it is that everybody puts into it. So that's that's a great song, just hands down for sure. Um, I've, speaking of other songs that I really love, Sour. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Um, <laughs> That one just freaking riveted me. Can you talk about writing that song too? Because, wow, I was just blown away the first time I heard it. <laughs> it, was, it was really a similar process as yeah. far as like, but that one was one where like I, I like came up with an instrumental part and like recorded it on GarageBand and then like I feel like more than a lot of others, we like the first time we played it, we were like, oh shit, this is we're a like, good one. Here's like, the lyrics for this. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah you just have like the lyrics immediately. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, or like the, like, the melody at least. Yeah. I was I was in a really bad job situation at the time where I was being like sexually harassed by my boss and so I had a lot of like like you know like no stop I wanna scream about this. Yeah. It was it was it's the most fun song to perform to. Oh yeah, it's so, so fun to scream. Like yeah, arena scream fun yeah. too. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's gotta like feel really good in that sense to be able to get this like frustration and gosh I can't imagine what other emotions are probably feeling too if you're being sexually harassed in the workplace on top of that um to get that out musically and stuff and damn I just love the frustration and I feel like it's it's definitely relief I'm drawn to music where a lot of it's like loud and condemning of just like hyper masculinity and abusive nature and such so I feel like this song was also another very cleansing one to listen to. It's got to be awesome perform live. Yeah. I mean, I think mostly, too, it's just about um, when I wrote it, I was thinking a lot about how women are, like, compelled to act a certain way and compelled to be nice and to, like, do all this emotional labor. Um, and, like, you don't have to. You can say no. Yeah. That's so important because, like, I, the whole description of, like, you know, the sugar on your tongue and stuff like that, like, that's not my job to make this, you know, pleasant for you to hear or be pleasant for you. I love that whole concept because I have too many times where even I personally, and I'm sure so many, like, women femmes and non-binary folks are sitting there trying to politely explain to somebody who just, you know, thinks that it's our job to cater to them and right. their feelings. And it's like, no. <laughs> You, you put us through enough abuses. We don't need to, you know, we don't need to sit there and make things to where you feel good. So I, yeah. that's one of the things that really stood out to me in that song. It was just so great. Yeah, it's about saying no. Like, everybody should be able to firmly say no to Absolutely. whatever they want to say no to. Yeah, and no sugarcoating it either. <laughs> right. I love it. Um, so... Listening to that song, Human Trash, really stood out to me as well. Um, I've dealt with really shitty people that it felt like this song was describing, like, almost to a <laughs> day. And I'm just like, does everybody know this, like, horrible human being is all I can think of? <laughs> like, do we, do we somehow know this same person? <laughs> can we talk a little bit about that as well? Um, <laughs> I feel like I feel like that person is like patriarchy in the abstract. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I think I was inspired to write it after, like 
about one particular person, but like <laughs> then like while writing the lyrics, it became about like how there's, yeah, there's this like archetype like in everybody's life or there's, yeah, there's always someone who just like dicks you over and you want to tell them uh, what a piece of trash they are. <laughs> At one point, uh, Katie dedicated the song to Donald Trump. Cause we, <laughs> we played, we played like a couple days after the election, oh, yeah. I think, at at a punk library show, yeah. and we were. It was just the feeling in the air. Yeah, it was like, like, yeah. 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 Right after the inauguration, and everyone was so pissed off. And like, this is DC, and so like, you live it and you breathe it, and there's no way to escape it. And so like. I don't know. At that moment, I feel like for all of us, it was like fucking Donald. Sorry, it was Donald Trump. <laughs> I think we love cussing on this podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's on the internet, not on the air. Yeah. Besides, like you can't not drop like fuck whenever you're talking about such like a horrendous human being. Anyway, so yeah. human trash. Yeah, literally human trash. No, it, it was just great because. I love just like it's it's definitely in the sense where I can feel like your frustration with the patriarchy, but you know, I feel like so many people can just sit there and think about that like horrible person in their life, chew on that for a minute and be like, Okay, I feel better, I got that out of my system kind of feeling as well. At least it did that for me. Yeah, it did. Like, All of it, yeah. It was so cool. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I've talked a lot about the songs that I like from your writing and such, but um, what are some of your favorite songs that you've written or that you love to perform? I'm really excited that we got Dream Arena on this record. Um, Dream Arena came to me in a dream, <laughs> the name. So like the melody came and I like, it's gonna sound weird, but I like hummed it into my voice memo on my phone and then like tried to translate it into music and it finally came together with the band. And that was a song that like took us a while. It came like into different iterations, but it finally got to the point where it was like, this song is awesome. I really love it. It's fun to play. I really love the lyrics. Like Katie did such an amazing job on the lyrics. Um, and I'm just happy to see that it came out of the dream into real life now on this record. Damn, that's so awesome. I love the idea of something like that just kind of <laughs> coming from you and then out of nowhere, you turn into something even bigger with everybody kind of throwing their ideas into it also. That's so cool. Yeah, that's definitely yeah. a good one. Well, and then also there's there's Win, the uh, the 32nd intro, which, yeah. um, <laughs> which Rena came up with like a week before we were recording the album and was just like, I don't know, like maybe we could try to get this done in time. And like, and we were we, like, we're getting this done. Yeah. <laughs> Which yes. was which was exciting because it seemed like uncertain at first. Like, can we just like record this song in a week? Like, we're not that like super experienced musicians or anything, or you can just like. But it's eight measures of music. Like, yeah, we sure. came together. Like, everybody had a thought in their head about what their part was going to be, and the two different parts of that song like came together. Like, yeah, yeah, we're great. That's a good <laughs> <awesome about it. laughs> It was a whim, though. Yeah, it was a total yeah. whim. <laughs> Yeah, you have Wim and then you have Wist at the end of the album, right? Yeah. That's uh, I, I love yeah. it. First of all, yeah. I, it feels like it ties together the front and end of the record. And then to find out how he wrote it is even more cool <laughs> to me. Because 
Yeah, well, yes. this, yeah, this yeah this this really right. that was like the day, the second day of recording. Like yeah. Andrew was like, "Hey guys, surprise! I wrote another song." Well, because because the first <laughs> the first day we had nine songs, and then Carney, uh, our friend who was recording us, was like, "Oh man, you you guys have a lot of music. Like one more song, and this is like an LP." And I was like all right, I can, I can come up with something. <laughs> and so we just like got back from recording that night and I just spent like a few hours trying to figure something out and then like had to read it off of the paper while I was playing it the next day and like just barely got that one done. Oh, like in the last cool. 30 minutes of recording. I think Wist was the original name for Down the Drain. Yeah, and oh, yeah, sure. We ended up it. mixing it because it was, I think it was just too hopeful. <laughs> like Wist is, has some sort of like hopefulness to it. and yeah. Uh, I think that was why we wanted to end the album with it too. Is yeah. like there's like a lot of like negative like realness throughout the whole thing, but like ending it on a hopeful note, I think was healthy for all of us to do. Right, and the like last note of was like is kind of like happy and. It is very like it felt very upbeat toward the end anyway, in the sense of like, oh, you know what? I feel it feels like the positivity I felt after like a really like good cleanse. Like (laughs) uh, I feel good now. Like this is great. I can and then I'll do it again and again because I'm I'm addicted to this record. (laughs) (laughs) That's really nice to hear. (laughs) The beginning of Wist is like super heavy though. Like Mm. it made me feel things. so neat to me um so one of the things that you mentioned kind of earlier was like you know getting feedback and hearing from different people and stuff but what's your local scene like in the dc area um what are is it like for you to play shows and interact with your community um well we love everyone oh my god we have so many friends i feel like (laughs) so so many many, like no i mean so many friends who play music and so many bands we either are friends with or desperately want to be friends with (laughs) or like like, we i don't know i feel like there are like houses all over the place that host house shows and there is such a community of like helping each other get shows helping each other like like find bands helping each other like get booked places and just like such a a spirit of like solidarity among bands too like people stay for the whole set I don't know if it's typical but (laughs) I I usually don't stay up past like 10 30 or 11 but like like, (laughs) some of the bands we play with I love them so much like I will power through because their sets are amazing and they're beautiful people yes I mean there are a lot of house shows in DC um which I get, where in Florida are you located? I'm in like the St. Pete, Tampa area. So like, um, West coast, kind of central Florida. Do you like, do you, are there a lot of house shows around there or is everything mostly like venues? Um, it's, it's a mix. So we have, it depends on the size of the band that gets booked. Um, we have like a really cool, like DIY space that I go to pretty regularly. It's actually a tattoo shop. Um, so yeah, like I usually actually recommend a lot of my friends and touring bands try to get booked there because you get an intimate show and you usually make pretty good money too. But we have that, we have bars, we have a couple of major venues and stuff, um, that'll fit like, you know, a couple thousand people and stuff, but it's, it's cool because you can get all sizes. I think it just depends on, um, the draw of your band basically, because they can kind of accommodate anybody. It's really neat. I think, um, yeah, now, especially in D.C., um, I mean, D.C. has always had, like, a great um, uh, punk and DIY, like, house show scene, 
but I think like, especially now with the housing crisis and everything, like people are having um, shows at their houses instead of venues because like that, that's what people can, you know, people, you can go and pay what you can at a house show. Yeah. You can, you know, bring your own beer and you can't always like do that at a venue. But we have, I mean, yeah, there are a lot of like thriving venues. But there, there's this like whole the element, I don't know if you've gotten yeah. to talk about this with other folks, but the, this element of like internet, like right wing. Oh God, yeah, that's oh, yeah. So it's like we can't tell you what the names of the venues are because we don't. Oh like, yeah, like, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, and shit. Yeah, yeah, it's like, like more secretive. Yeah. Code violations and stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. in Baltimore got shut down. It's gotten like somewhat more underground just in the past like year because like house venues can no longer publicly post their address. But mm-hmm. there's this also like kind of endearing, exciting element to like on the on the flyer instead of saying the address, it says Ask a Punk, which I feel like is harkening back to the old days when that was a lot more common too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. I. Like, the concept of that still sounds cool. Yeah, I actually had, like, an acoustic house show at my place a couple months ago. But, um, yeah, I definitely was like, y'all don't need to know where I live. (laughs) We don't need need to attract anybody who, you know, could be dangerous and stuff. So it was like, we did, like, a a Facebook event page. And it was like, DM the host for an address. And it was like, me and all the bands, you could ask for it, that kind of thing. But, yeah, and, and it's not really that the funny thing is, is we don't really have that big of a scene here. I mean, it's big, but, you know, it's just kind of interesting to hear that that's, that's common across the board for a lot of cities, too. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of great bands that are um, in D.C. right now, too, that we've played in these house shows and also regular, like, mainstream venues and stuff. Like, um, but uh, you find yourself, like, playing with some of the same bands like a couple times which is a lot of fun like we played with bad moves a couple times yeah we played with mission creep a couple times so those like are we three with yeah, mission creep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah we have them. yeah but yeah it's a lot of fun yeah and um yeah. what one thing that's funny is that we we end up playing with a lot of hardcore bands because oh, yeah. has like <laughs> such like a solid hardcore community i mean like my first shows in a lot of cases were like going to house shows when I was in high school and stuff because I grew up in Gaithersburg as in Reno, like right near DC, which has is kind of a secondary focus of the hardcore community around here. Um, oh, neat. But we always joke now that we're like DC's favorite non hardcore, hardcore band, like to get booked <laughs> on the hardcore bills. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> That's so cool. Well, your scene sounds like so much fun. Um, I have a friend up there who talks about DC and I just, I'm always stoked whenever I hear about the shows there and stuff. So I'll have to make a note that if I make my way up there, I want to come hang out at some of the DIY shows. It sounds like a great time. Oh yeah. There's a show happening basically every night. Like there were like three shows last night and it's hard to to figure out which one to go to. I only played a show last night. Damn, that sounds like so much fun. Um, so one of the questions I love to throw at bands is, you know, if you could play a show with any other band, dead or alive, who would it be? Damn. Oh, God. <laughs> Sheerbag or Downtown Boys, who are both alive and come through a lot. So if you're listening, give us a call. <laughs> That sounds awesome. Yeah, I think Sheermag was just here like a week ago in Tampa. So it's a really talented band. I, I love the sound of you playing with either of them, honestly. What about you guys? 
I mean, I'm pl I'm happy to play with anyone who will have us. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, no, I mean, I like I like playing. Yeah, I like playing. Yeah, we played like like we were saying, we played a lot of hardcore shows where we're kind of like the odd band out, like sound like sonically. Um, but yeah, like I like the idea of being on a bill that's like very cohesive, like sound wise, and I don't think we've really done that yet. So that would that would be cool, like with any you know. Anybody? Love to play with Prass. They still existed. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lost sounds. What? Lost sounds. Yeah. 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 Sad. Also. Yeah. Sad. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, those are some really cool, you know, options for the ones that are still around and stuff. Cool goals <laughs> to have. Yeah. <laughs> what, what are some goals that you have as a band for like maybe the next year or so? Um, release a zine, right? Oh yeah, we uh, we want to make a zine um, instead of releasing like a hard cut, like instead of releasing like a cassette or a, you know like a, a CD or some wax yeah. or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, we want to make a, a zine that people can buy instead and have like a download code, like a unique download code for the album uh, like not actually have like a physical copy for this album but I think for our next album like we want to actually do a physical thing probably or yeah. I, guess, I guess our goal for this next year would be to make a, another release another release yeah, yeah. and another also release. play outside of DC a little bit more yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, listening in other areas that wants to book us yeah you got a show in Baltimore on June 23rd yeah, it hasn't been announced yet, but <laughs> it's coming. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we could talk about it. And that's and that's only our second time playing outside of DC, so that Oh wow. Yeah, we I mean, we talked about like a weekend tour or something. Right. I mean we've been there for what, nine months, ten months? Yeah. Wow, really? Yeah. Yeah. Shit. I wouldn't believe that hearing your music. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you've been at this for years. <laughs> and it's all of our first fans. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. None of us have been in a band before. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's well, a band like in high school. Yeah. 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 But, but, like, wow. It doesn't count. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I played Shaker for a scout band in high school like, for one show. Uh, I played a uh, banjo in a jug band for about a month <laughs> in high school. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. Y'all are blowing my mind. I would not have thought for a second that this was your first band and only at this for nine months. Wow. Wow. I, <laughs> like the, this is just completely blown my mind. This is so cool. Well, I'm very excited to hear about you playing more shows outside the DC area. Um, you can always hit me up if you need help booking anything a little further south. <laughs> I'd love to be able to see one of your shows at some time. I just love the energy that you exude in the recordings and I'm sure it's even bigger when you are playing a live show too. Thank you. Yeah, yeah likewise, if you're ever up yeah. here. Yeah. Wait, do you play? Are you in a band? Yeah. <laughs> I wish. Yourself? No, I don't, I don't really play music. I stopped uh, when I was in finished middle school. I played, like, you know, typical middle school band instrument. I was, like, in the – I played the flute and stuff. But uh, I'm, I'm thinking about picking up the guitar. I'll have to see how I'm feeling. Uh, it's, it's a busy time for me. But yeah. I'd like to I, get into music again. It'd be cool. I felt kind of intimidated by the whole playing in a band thing since I've only been playing bass for about a year and a half. And then, like, I did a Bush cover band over <laughs> Halloween where I was Gavin and I played guitar and sang. And that was completely out of my comfort zone. But, like, 
just picking up the instrument and trying to stick with it. It was fun, like, to have something outside of work to do and, like, control, like, you know, take over my, like, energy for a second. Wait, was that, Rena? was that um, a fundraiser for something? Yes. If you, yeah, listen, (laughs) if you, I mean, well, I mean, we met Rena because of Hat Band as a fundraiser for Girls Rock DC, which is a, you know, a rock summer camp for, for For, girls. For girls. Yeah, we have like a local chapter. Yeah. 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 We have like a local chapter of that around here too. You guys, you guys should get in touch with DC and do Hat Band because like, that's really a life changing thing to have you know, people throw their names into a hat and get, like, placed in bands and have to, you know, uh, play, like, three songs and, like, have a whole, like, fundraiser. That's awesome. I love the sound of that. Well, I'll have to keep an eye out on, like, what's going on locally and stuff, because I know that they've been doing a lot of fundraisers for uh, our local girls rock band and stuff, so all that that camp and everything. Well, cool. Um, So where can everybody keep up with all things um, Buckeye? We're on the internet, basically <laughs> everywhere. Uh, we have Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and a band camp, and they're all um, Bacchae band. So, like, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, if you do B-A-C-C-H-A-E, Bacchae band, then you can find us there. And our album, Down the Drain, is streaming across, like, all platforms, band camp, iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify, Tidal. And you can enjoy it there and listen if you would like to. Well, awesome. Everybody is going to have to make sure that they download Buckeye. You will not regret it. This is an incredible band.
Buckeye. I'm pretty excited about the music they're putting out, and I'm hopeful that I can make my way up to D.C. at some point to see them live and maybe check out more of that incredible, incredible scene. Shout out to Rena for reaching out. I'm so stoked that I was able to talk to Buckeye, like I said. And, you know, bands like Buckeye reach out to me directly. So, if you ever want to be a guest on Anger Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion, hit me up. Until next time, you can keep up with me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching at Angry Girl Music. Stay tuned as I share more thoughts on music and what's happening in our world. You'll hear about episodes first there, unless you hit that subscribe button. Leave me some reviews to let me know what you think. Until next time, I'm Amanda, and I hope you find some incredible new tunes to hear.